Welcome back, everyone, to the Peanut Gallery Podcast. It is episode 17. Jared and I are recording this. It is halftime right now of the Saints versus the Chargers. The Chargers are up 20 to 10 at half. Justin Herbert has looked very dynamic and pretty damn good for a guy who's only in his uh, technically third start and then fourth game against the Chiefs. He came in for an injured uh Tyrod Taylor, 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 who got punctured by his own medical staff. So we'll see what happens there. I think, Jared, you and I both predicted the Saints to win, right? I know I did. Um, Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I had the Saints winning as well for that, for that one. All right. Well, right now it's all looking great for us, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of time left. The Saints were down 14-0 last week against the Lions. So you I do know. not have them covering, though. I did like an idiot, so that's already down the tubes. There's no way in hell I'm coming back from that one. I got a 36 <laughs> to 31 Saints win, and I think the line was minus eight. Yeah, yep, it was. All right. Well, that's the, the current situation with that game. Um, Jared, why don't we just hop right into it? Uh, we will go with our same tiering system, so we're going to go over the Christopher Nolan tier in those games uh, that we – teed off last week thursday morning when y'all listened and jared i'll i'll let you uh bask in your glory of predicting this game correctly uh we're gonna start with Tampa Bay buccaneers losing to the chicago bears 20 to 19 a little on that thursday night game yeah it, it felt good um you know it, it was low scoring as expected and i think the bucks defense um, did a decent job in holding the Bears to 20 points. Um, but I'm not sure that that defense as good as everybody says it is. Uh, and on top of that, you know, the Bucks just didn't have that big of an impressive schedule. So that's kind of why I was leaning the Bears. And Nick Foles having a decent night um, led to that victory. So I'm excited. I It was a great Thursday night game. It came down to the wire, um, really fun to watch, and and just the kind of game that, you know, makes you come back year after year. Yeah, I was um, not very happy. Um, obviously, I didn't bet on that game as far as, like, the spread, which was uh, when we looked at it, it was five. I think when the game started, it was three and a half. Um, I did have them in my teaser, which – uh, I, I had the Bucks plus seven, so obviously that covered very easily. Like we talked about, if the Bears were going to win, it wasn't going to be a, a slaughter. But, yeah, honestly, both teams didn't impress me, to, to be honest. Um, I thought both offenses looked bad, to be frank. They were both very inefficient on third down. I th- uh, the Bears were three of 12, and the Bucks were four of 13. So really no one looked great. No one kind of took control of the game, which, you know, is a tribute to both the defenses were solid. Uh, I did expect the Bucks offense to obviously score more. Um, I was not expecting 19 points. In my opinion, they left at least seven to 10 points on the board due to many penalties and some misfires from Brady. Those two items in my mind were the keys to the game. There were, 
Uh, I think there were three holding calls on one drive in particular, Jared. I'm not sure if you can remember the specific one, um, but they got the ball at like the 45-yard line of their own and then had an eight-yard gain pass, and then after that had three straight holding calls. Not even joking. Like that literally happened in the game. Um, And then there were some just other key penalties. And to me, like, you know, we talked about it week one where the Cowboys felt like they got – um, you know, cheated by that Rams call. There's been many other calls. Uh, so this call definitely, there are plenty of opportunities for the Bucks to win, but obviously that roughing the passer call, I thought wasn't a great call um, on Foles. And then they went down and, and scored and you know, changed the game. But either way, there's plenty of opportunities for the Bucks to win this and they shouldn't have only scored 19 points from my perspective. Dismal performance for that Bucks offense, but the Bears' defense, I mean, I was really impressed with their coverage. Their secondary did a really good job keeping those receivers covered, and Brady struggled to find people to throw the ball to. Yeah, the good news for the Bucs, um, they should get Godwin back. Godwin didn't play, Fournette didn't play, and neither did Scotty Miller, um, which are, you know, three key cogs in the, the machine for, for that offense. Um, but the bad news for them is they're going against the Packers next week. <laughs> um, so let's let's move on to the next game where not many people predicted this victory either. Uh, definitely not you or I. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders came into Kansas City and upset the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we got both this game right from the standpoint of we did have the Raiders covering. Um, they were getting 13 points, so they easily did that. Raiders won this game 40-32. to 32. The turnover battle here was even. And I think we mentioned it last week, like, oh, okay, like how are the Raiders going to win? It was going to be rushing the ball. Um, now, Josh Jacobs didn't rush for over 150 like we thought he would need in order for them to win this game. But totality, the Raiders did rush for over 144. They had exactly 144 yards. And another key factor was they held the ball for just over 35 minutes. They controlled this game from my perspective for most of it. Uh, I know the Chiefs look good in in the early, early stages, but really that second half, the Chiefs offense looked absolutely terrible. And the Chiefs also, like the Buccaneers Thursday night, shot themselves in the foot many, many times with terrible, ill-timed penalties. And Mahomes overall just looked completely off. This was his worst game yet. He only completed 51% of his passes. His previous low was 55. Um, so, yeah, he was only 22-43. Looked off his game, was not great. But, but he still had three touchdowns. And yeah. 40 yards passing in. So, I mean, fantasy-wise, he still put up quite a bit of stats. Well, that's where, like, I mean, you know, maybe you disagree with me. Like, because I saw, the obviously, the three touchdown passes and over 300 yards. But, like, I felt like he didn't play well. Like, it, the stats well, are he deceiving. Had two, he had two passing, and then he had the one where he rushed it in and uh, right. got the good angle on the uh, pylon. Right, right, right. But, I, you know, I think that's – Sure, the completions, you'd like to see that higher. And I don't – to me, this wasn't his worst game. I think uh, when we played the Chargers, um, Mahomes did just looked out of sorts, and the offense just kind of did as well. Um, and this Raiders game, 
there was a hope of a comeback there in the fourth. Um, obviously, he threw the interception that led to the touchdown, but and it cost him the game. You you could you could argue that that cost him the game. However, you know, I've seen Mahomes play worse than he did that game. He had an amazing, um, a couple amazing plays where the one where it was a third down and he rolled out, um, threw it across field. Uh, and I believe it was like Kelsey who ended up catching the yeah, ball. I was watching on the TV and I was like, oh my God, he caught that. Um, so there was definitely some wow moments for Mahomes in this game. Um, but, you know, I think the Chiefs fans need to realize he can't do everything, right? It, it The defense, I would argue, cost us this game just as much as the mistakes Mahomes had. Um, we cannot be allowing teams to put up 40 because that is a number that we can lose to. Um, the Chiefs still put up 32, and I like to think that every week we can put up 30-plus points. Um, so so I would like to see more out of the defense in the coming weeks. There yeah. is a silver lining to this, though, <laughs> in my Eliminator League for the uh, – Oh, that people pick I- – I presume some people use the Chiefs that hadn't yet, probably, right? Exactly. For the how many you got left? How many you got left? I know we're going to touch on it later, but how many teams are, are um? There are six remaining, and six remaining. four You're of wrong. us took the Cowboys. One person took the Ravens, and one person took the Cardinals. So okay, um, it's coming down. You know, there was thirty people to start, so it's definitely uh, keep following Jared, people. There we go. Let's go. Oh, man, that Cowboys, I told you guys it was going to be a squeaker. <laughs> yeah, we're, later. We're, yeah, we'll have to talk about them soon. Um, the other two games are part of the Christopher Nolan tier. Um, one's being played tomorrow. You have the Buffalo Bills 4-0 against the Tennessee Titans 3-0. Uh, Jared, I believe both of you, both you and I predicted a Bills win on that one. We'll see if that comes to fruition, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the game uh, when you listen to us Thursday morning. And then the other game, which we both predicted correctly, was the Cleveland Browns beating the Indianapolis Colts. They won the game 32-23. Turnover battle was even there. Jared, what do you think about that game? Um, I think the Browns are for real. Uh, I, I think I said this last week when I'm, I'm no longer choosing them to go 500 um, throughout – the rest of the year, I think they will finish with a winning record. I'm seeing a lot more from that offense than I previously expected. They put up 30-plus points against one of the better I, – I would argue the Colts are a top three defense in the league, and they put up 30-plus points on them. And, that, and they're starting to do that week after week where they're having these high-scoring offensive games. And I think there's either been some um, – Good things coming out of the locker room. Maybe the W's are helping um, because I do feel like the Browns are a, um, what's the right word here? Kind of like a drama queen team where every, you know, person wants to be the lone uh, champion to get that W every week after week. Um, But what we're seeing on the field is that they are starting to work really well together um, and that offense is clicking, especially against these teams who have, proven defenses and that's something you'd like to see um browns could be 
uh, playoff bound this year. I think after watching this game, Rivers had quite a few mistakes, something that uh, he typically does, I would say, two out of three games, throw two-plus interceptions. Um, I don't even know if he broke 300 yards. So it's going to be hard to win um, when Rivers is turning the ball over. But the Colts, keep your heads up. It's not going to be hard to win the AFC South this year. Um, That's all I got. Yeah, I just I'm just glad we both got that one. We both picked a dog and we picked him to win outright, and we were correct. That's right. That's right. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't believe that the Browns were a dog. Um, I mean, I understand why. I just I, I'll never trust Philip Rivers. I've I've seen too much, especially um, obviously in the AFC West, watching the Chiefs many many times play Philip Rivers. You know, he did it again. You know, two picks. One was uh, returned for a touchdown. He also cost his team a safety early in the fourth. Uh, he didn't throw any touchdowns. And I'm about to go on a rant here because it, I, I just don't understand. It mainly upsets me that the Patriots got this guy for $1 million with you know some other incentives. But how the fuck did the Colts think it was an intelligent decision to pay Philip Rivers a one-year deal for $25 million, yet not look at Cam Noon. Someone tell me what I am missing and why me and you are sitting here on a podcast and at general managers in the NFL. Like, what do, what do they see in 15 years of tape from a 36, 37-year-old Philip Rivers versus a young Cam Newton who won an MVP, who led his team to a Super Bowl in Carolina, and yet then signs a million-dollar contract. Like, what, Jared, like, what the hell did we miss? What what am I missing here? I think what you're missing is Cam Newton has struggled the last few years in the NFL because of injuries. He's been plagued with injuries, and and that happens to these quarterbacks that like to run with the ball. Uh, dual threat quarterback where, you know, Cam Newton, if they're on the two yard line and back when he was playing for the Panthers, he was running that bad boy in. So I think over the years, Cam has taken a beating and his body was starting to show that. And it was not a reliable uh, player to be healthy week after week. And you really need that right now in the NFL for your quarterback position. And that's where the Colts were safe with going with rivers because he is healthy. The downside is that you're going to have a Rivers who is late in his career and throwing as many interceptions, if not more, than he's throwing touchdowns. And that's not something you want to see. So I get your take. I get why you're heated up about that. Um, The only excuse I can think of for the other side is a battle-beaten Cam Newton. Okay. I mean, so here's my issue with the, the injury thing. In his first eight seasons, he missed a combined five games total. Only five. And obviously in 2019, he got injured after the, the second game and then missed all the rest of them, a.k.a. his last year with Carolina. Um, so I understand. I just my, my issue is really like it's the dollar amount too, right, Jared? It's like you're paying Rivers 25 mil. Yet- Only three more than Foles. Who's a backup? Well, now he's, now he's the starter. All right, okay. I guess I guess I'm done on my 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 Philip Rivers rant. I just I just thought it was a poor decision. 
Um, the Patriots got a steal for Cam Newton. Um, right. So I, I think it's all in hindsight. We can overreact, but let's let's see how the next few weeks play out and see if this is still the case. Maybe Rivers goes off. Yeah, I'll hold my breath. Um, but in that, the Browns dominated as usual. They kept running the ball. They had over 120 rushing yards. Um, they went another key factor in this game was, you know, playing keep away. They went 10 for 17 on third down. So constantly having the ball, constantly moving the chains. Baker was solid. He did have a couple, a couple picks, which is not ideal. Um, after his first four games where it looked like he was trending downward um, regarding turning the ball over all the time like he used to in the previous season. But, yeah, now we, uh, I know I predicted the Browns to get the seventh seed this year going nine and seven. They look to be on that trajectory. But let's, you know, they still got to play the Steelers twice, who I think are a little fraudulent at, at 4-0. Um, then they have the Ravens one more time who smashed them week one. So I'm sure they'll be excited to get revenge, but let's, you know, let's see, uh, what they can do. Cause they do still have difficult games upcoming on the schedule against teams that, uh, we both would agree are, are better than the Colts. Now let's go to the Michael Bay tier, Jared. And, uh, there was some news. This was after a game. Someone got it wrong. We did both get it wrong, and I'm it's never okay. picking them ever again. Yeah, I think. Yep, I think we're on the same same wavelength right now. The Atlanta Falcons. I did not see that coming, and it was my lock of the week. I'm so sorry for anyone who followed it. I did not see that coming. The coaches I thought would have their act together because their jobs were on the line. As we all know, they're gone now, but. Man, I did not see the Panthers winning that game. And luckily, luckily, the teaser I created, the Sweetheart teaser, had Atlanta plus 12, which covered, and the entire teaser hit. So as long as you got that teaser, you can make up for that lock of the week miss. But, yeah, I did not see this coming. I I had the Falcons winning by, like, a touchdown, I think. And, uh, it's it's I am done rooting for that Falcons team. I was wrong about them this year going 500 I, and they're not even going to be close to it. It seems like at 0 and 5. Um, are you, are you allowing anyone on your, your train or your bus to jump off the bandwagon? Cause I'd, I'd like a spot if, if you have one open, you want to jump on the Falcons bandwagon? No, no, no. I, uh, so you, you jumped off it. Like you, off. you're apologizing here. Yeah. Like that, that bus that's going the other way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to join that bus alongside you, please. Yeah, this is this is probably worse than the Eagles, man. I, I can't give you as much uh, crap about the Eagles because this this Falcons bus is it's like a sinking ship. And I'm I am full on abandoning it. I'm not picking them to win any more games. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe one or two here and there. But yeah, it it looks so ugly. Maybe they can get, uh, you know, a good interim coach to come in and turn things around, kind of like the Texans did this week. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and honestly, like, cheers to Matt Rule in Carolina. Uh, I know I'm about to pile on here on, on the Falcons. But, you know, first let's congratulate them. They're 3-2. and two. Uh, We'll see if the Saints can pull off the comeback. But – 
if you would have told me, and obviously you as well, many are analysts that after five weeks, the Carolina Panthers would have the same record as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and be first in the AFC South. Uh, I would have asked what drugs you're doing. Where'd you get them? Um, because I just, I didn't think that was possible. Uh, but so cheers to Matt Roll. Cheers to Teddy Bridgewater. He's been playing solid through five weeks. They, better than Matt Ryan. A lot better than Matt Ryan. They've won all these games as well without Christian McCaffrey. Another impressive thing, Mike Davis, the backup running back who's been starting for the past three weeks, has been great for them. And the key here, you know, looking at the game, was watching it. Atlanta just didn't convert. They they settled for field goals. They had they so many for field goals. Yeah, they had so many. And they didn't – they just like, up, oh, field goal, up, oh, field goal. It's like – They'd be in the red zone, and I'm like, all right, Calvin Ridley, my fantasy guy is going to get a touchdown here. And it would be an incomplete pass from Matt Ryan, a two-yard gain by Gurley, and another incomplete pass, and they're kicking a field goal. And I just – I do – I used to like Matt Ryan, but, man, wow. is he looking bad this year. And I, I just – I – don't want to talk too much trash on him, but he's quickly uh, making his way up well, on the show uh, list. It's it's funny you say that because owner of the Falcons, Arthur Blank, said, and I quote, nobody's off limits. I will allow the new regime to handle all decision-making regarding where we need to go starting next season. So, I mean, if Atlanta goes like 2-14, and 14, somewhere around there, it might be time to move on from Matt Ryan and just uh, maybe take a new quarterback. I don't know. That might be a too drastic decision, but it sounds like it's on the table. That's good. I, I like that. I like that thought process because you need to give those new coaches coming in the freedom to determine who is good and who is not. That's a smart owner there, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yep, uh, Jared Davis and Dan Irwin are off the Falcons bandwagon. We will never be picking them again. I'd like to apologize for everyone listening so far that I ever picked them. They suck. They're terrible. Atlanta, I hate you. Now let's let's go on to uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers, Jared. They are now 4-0. They squeaked out a win against the Philadelphia Eagles. They won 38-29. to 29. Now, when I say squeaked out, you're like, Dan, how's that a squeak out? They won by nine. They scored that touch, that last touchdown late, um, and the Eagles made some boneheaded plays where, honestly, I, I felt the Eagles should have won this game. But, Jared, I want, to, I want to hear your opinion first, how you thought this game went. Yeah, so I got – you know, I had the Steelers covering, which they did, but you're right. It was a late touchdown, and that game was a lot closer than the final score leads to. Um, the – Steelers, it's Ben just doesn't look as good as he has in the past. Um, and then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had like n- no catch. I mean, he had a few catches, but just his performance, his output was not there. Instead, it's this kid named Claypool who comes out of left field and puts up one of the best days a receiver has had this year. And I think he had four receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Am I right there on that? Is, Did he have, you're you're he had, close. He had three receiving. One rushing. One so rushing. he had four total? Yeah. And four total. 
Yep. Touchdowns. That's a, a hell of a day at the office for this Claypool guy. I was watching that game. Um, you know, we, we had a few games going that we're watching. I just had that one in the corner of my eye. And every time a ball was caught and someone in a black uniform, it was Claypool across the back of that uniform. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? Because he is just lighting it up. Um, and he had probably the best game that he might ever have in his career against those Eagles. So that was the one interesting thing I, I noticed was, um, you know, I don't know if he's a rookie or if maybe he's a second or third year receiver, but everybody in fantasy football is going to be keeping their eyes um, on him and the waiver wire coming this week. Yep. I actually have him on uh, one of my guys to, to pick up as a recommendation. So yeah, if, if, uh, if he's out there on the, on the waiver wires for you, I'd, I'd definitely snatch him up. Um, regarding this game though, I honestly was shocked genuinely that the Eagles had a chance, many chances to win this game. Uh, I think overall they outplayed them to be very honest. And once again, what it came down to was Wentz threw the, turned the ball over twice. We're back on him turning the ball over two times and it cost them the game. And he's got to stop doing this shit because it's killing the team. They left 14 points on the board due to the interceptions and they had some bad penalties. These are mental mistakes. One of his, one of his picks was inconceivable. The dude was standing right in front of his receiver. Who is he? Th- like, what is he looking at? Does he have eyes? I don't know. Cause I don't think he does. He might need LASIK. I don't know what he needs, but it's, it's just unacceptable at this point in his career to be making that bad of a throw, um, in my opinion. And Steelers, sure, you're 4-0, but we talked about it with the Bears, and, and I do. I think the Bucks are a playoff team, so that win is impressive to me. The Steelers don't have an impressive win yet. They beat the Broncos, or excuse me, they beat the Giants week one, not good. They beat the Broncos week two, and Drew Locke got hurt literally in the first drive of the game, not impressed. They beat the Texans, not impressed, and now the Eagles. So, I, at least for me, they are 4-0. I was way off by them. They're, they're not going to go 4-12 and unless they lose out, which isn't happening. Uh, but I, I want to wait and see here. They got the Browns, Titans, Ravens, and Cowboys their next four games. If they go 2-2, two and two, I, I probably don't think they're real contenders against versus the Bills or Chiefs, who are, in my opinion, the top two teams in the AFC with the Ravens being third. Yeah, we kind of missed out on that uh, matchup due to COVID between the Steelers and what should have been the Titans, right? Yeah, that's that's now being replayed. Uh, I, I believe it week is six week or six. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll we'll see that soon here. But speaking of the Ravens, uh, we won't talk about this game too much. But they they did beat the Bengals convincingly. Wow. <laughs> That's my that's my surprise. <laughs> um, I would say Joe Burrow got his first like he played like a rookie um, quarterback game out of his way because he looked terrible and honestly it was the entire team. The key things to be Jared were he got sacked seven freaking times, seven. Uh, I believe if you remember correctly, you're watching a football team when they upset the Eagles week one. 
they sacked once eight. And yeah, that's a lot. That's if you get sacked seven times, I, I I might need to do some analysis and see if I can find some stats around it. Uh, what like our team's record is when they get sacked seven times? I bet it's very very okay. low percentile. Yeah. And then they had three turnovers. Same you know same situation. If you get sacked seven times and you have three turnovers and you go six for or three for sixteen on third down, you're you're gonna get destroyed. You just are. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you know, the Bengals haven't really played anyone either. You just talked about a soft schedule for the Steelers. Well, the Bengals have played the Chargers, the Browns, the Eagles, and the Jags, the Bra- and then the Ravens. The Browns might have been their better team out of those. But um, props to that Ravens D. I mean, you're going up against a rookie and a young offense with a injured A.J. Green um, who's in the twilights of his career. He's apparently asking to be traded. <laughs> I don't blame him. But because I think he's finally coming to realize that the Bengals are going to only have one or two wins this year. Um, but props to Patrick Queen, the rookie um, linebacker for the Ravens. He had a 53-yard fumble return that was, uh, you know, pretty heads-up play uh, by him. And that's pretty much all I got. The Ravens controlled this game from beginning to end. It was a snooze fest. And, you know, I think we both got that prediction right. Yep. Yes, we did. Honestly, I would have rather watch paint dry than rewatch that game, to be quite frank. I agree. Now, <laughs> now let's move to what was a squeaker. And you predicted the outcome. Uh, I imagine you were a little nervous, especially at the beginning of the game when things were not looking hot. But the Cowboys pulled it out, won 37-34, First, Jared, before um, kind of get into your analysis, let's let's talk about the Dak injury. I feel we'd be remiss if we didn't do that first. Uh, in case you didn't see it live, you can go rewatch on YouTube. It's pretty gruesome. If if you're one with a you know with a light stomach or a light head, I, I would not watch if if uh, those types of injuries uh, give you know make you go directly to the bathroom want to puke. But he will be out for six months, which means he'll be out the rest of the year. Um, overall, Jared, you know, what do you think this means for the Cowboys? What do you think it and what do you think it means for Dak's contract situation as well? The Cowboys will be um you, you know, they're they're not just hurting with Dak. They they got a lot of injuries throughout the whole team. Um, so I don't know that Dak um being replaced by Dalton right now is the biggest worry. I think there's other worries on that team already that were there before this Giants game, which is why I knew it would be close. Um, the whole situation with Dak, I think like a lot of Dallas fans right now are feeling sorry and, and you know, basically eating the words that they were yelling at the beginning of the season of or prior to the season starting uh, with Dak's contract negotiation. Um, in my opinion, the Cowboys, I, and I said this in the preseason, the Cowboys front office did the right thing here when they said Jerry Jones did the right thing by not giving Dak $40 million a year because he's not in the elite tier of quarterbacks that deserves that. He does put up stats, but we've talked about it week after week. It's always in garbage time. That being said, I do have my thoughts and prayers go out to Dak on a, a fast recovery. 
Um, you never want to see an elite quarterback in the NFL or a starter, a starting quarterback in the NFL um, go down, especially the way he did. Um, it is a very gruesome image. Um, and I mean, uh, yeah, it's, he was sitting there on the ground trying to ju- ju- like jam his leg into the ground to get his foot back in. Um, and I just can't imagine the amount of pain that would be. Um, but that being said, Andy Dalton came in and took over the reins. He looked good. He had some really good looking drives. There was that play towards the end where he threw it down the sideline to Gallup to, I thought they were just going to run the ball to get a little bit closer right. in the field goal range. And he had, and they just sealed the deal on that throw. And that pass was one of Andy Dalton's best throws all game. If not one of the bigger ones in his career, uh, cause that right there sealed the win for the Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton can step up to the challenge and get this team to the playoffs because of how bad the NFC East is. So when we talk about, you asked me, what's the impact of the team without Dak? I think Dalton can step up and, and I don't think he's as good as Dak. I don't think he would do as well as Dak, but I think he's a decent backup and he can do a good enough job to keep this team uh, probably around that seven win range, maybe eight wins this season, which is what it's going to take to go to the playoffs in the NFC East. Yeah. Um, now, first with Dak, for me, I, I obviously we've agreed on this topic regarding, you know, his contract situation. Um, I'd, I'd pay Dak thirty five a year. I'm not paying him forty. Um, I'm just not. So, hope hope he recovers well. Uh, the surgery, the surgery went well, according to Adam Schefter and many others in the NFL who who did get who did get that news. Now, Andy Dalton, I obviously you don't want your franchise quarterback to get injured, especially out for the out for the year. I think this is a blessing in disguise for them. The year they looked amazing, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Dallas is going to the Super Bowl." I think they were thirteen and three one year, and and. Did, Index. It was either second or third year. Um, it's because they had the number one rushing attack. Zeke was an absolute monster. I think with this injury, Mike McCarthy is not going to have Dalton throw 40 times a game like he was doing with Dak. And I think they're going to utilize the rushing tech, which you, which you saw immediately when Andy came into the game. They were rushing the ball a lot more than when normally Dak is the quarterback. And I think that's a good thing for their offense, and it's a good thing for their defense because that means they're not on the field as much. So I agree. I think Andy Dalton will be serviceable and and get them enough wins. I obviously still don't think it will be enough to beat the Eagles. I'm I'm going to die on that ship that the Eagles can win this division by winning seven or eight games if they sweep the Cowboys – that's all. That's literally all it's going to take, and a couple more wins. Now the Giants, which 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 shocked me, you know, cheers to Daniel Jones. Uh, this is now your second game where in your NFL starting career where you didn't have two turnovers or more. Congratulations, buddy. Sadly, it didn't mean a, you were going to get the victory uh, because one of your turnovers was a loosey goosey fumble, which the Cowboys returned for for a touchdown. But you know, Giants. Jets, New York, it's looking rough. The Yankees just lost, uh, I think, within the past five days. It's, it's not great. It's not great, Bob. 
up there for New York. And, and I don't really care because New York fans are some of the worst fans on the planet. Now, <laughs> let's go to the Sunday night game, Jared. We differed here. And I'm not going to lie. I almost had this. I, I, yeah, I, I squeaked this one out on you. And when, you, when I say I squeaked this, Russell Wilson <laughs> squeaked this victory out. Because the, so the Seahawks won on a touchdown pass with about 14 seconds left. They beat the Vikings 27-26. to 26. Really, you know, watching this game back and forth, and then you see the scoreboard at the end, you're honestly left looking around like, what the hell? How? How did the Vikings not win this game? They dominated in every aspect. They had the ball for literally 40 minutes, Jared. Literally 40 minutes. They had over 200 yards rushing, barely any penalties, yet lost the game. And there's only two reasons they've lost this game. Number one, the current MVP, and he is cooking up there in Seattle, Russell Wilson. And number two, Kirk Cousins, two turnovers. That's it. Every, everything, every other part of this game, the Vikings outplayed them. Jared, what'd you think? I agree. The turnover battle and Russell Wilson are the two things, the two factors that in the, uh, you know, whenever you go into the locker room at halftime, I think there is some magic in there that happens where teams come out and they look a lot different in the second half. And whenever you see a, a dog winning um, against a team like Seattle and, and winning without Seattle putting any points on the board before half, you're going to see the Seahawks come out and score. And so that's where, you know, if I'm a betting man, I would put money on the uh, Seattle Seahawks at halftime to come back and win. Um, and they did. They came out in the third quarter and scored a matter of three touchdowns within um, just a few minutes of each other. And so, and obviously the interceptions, um, what was it? One interception and a fumble that Cousins had. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Um, and so those turnovers really gave the Seattle Seahawks a chance and they took advantage of it. And thanks to the MVP caliber, uh, Russell Wilson, um, is he he was able to take those turnovers and turn them into points. And if you do that, you're going to win games. Um, so you hit the nail right on the forehead, Dan. It, it, I got lucky. It, it, I got lucky in this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, your, your point on Russell Wilson and the turnover battle is right. the exact two factors the Seattle Seahawks won this game. Oh, yeah. What did you um, – did you like that call to go for it? fourth and two when you're down in their end zone and um if you get it you win the game because they have no timeouts left there's like just over God, two minutes left i do i think i fourth and two uh that's tough because like fourth and one yes i do and i and who was it the uh raiders in the chiefs game they had the fourth and one and Carr did a qb sneak right. and they got it and you were able to kneel down after that. So fourth and one, yes. Fourth and two, man, I don't know. It's a little bit different. That extra yard, you know, you can't do a QB sneak at that point. And if you're running back, it's out of the backfield, you're toast. So, yeah, I, I felt, I thought I'm usually 
a very like go for it type of person, but your field goal kicker had already kicked a 43 yarder for you in that rain. And this right. was going to be less than that. And if you get the field goal, you're up eight. That means they have to score a touchdown and get the two point conversion. I, I thought that was a blunder. I agree with you though. I, if it was fourth and one or like fourth and half a yard, I would go for it because they had no timeouts. You get the freaking half a yard, you win the damn game. If you can't get a half a yard, get out. You shouldn't be playing playing in the NFL. Um, but yeah, blunder there, fourth and two, in my opinion. Kick the field goal, go up eight, make them get a touchdown and score the two-point conversion on you. So a little little blunder there, but hey, you know, Vikings will regroup and reassess and uh, we'll see what they, they can do next week. Now, the last game in this Michael Bay tier is the Monday night game being played right now. It is 20 to 13, heading to the fourth. So we will see if the Saints are able to come back. Now, last set of games, these will probably be quick because they are the Rodriguez Cortez tier, aka you're only watching this game. If you gambled, uh, you have a fancy football player, or you are, you know, you live in that city and you're a direct fan of that team. Texans beat the Jaguars. Look at that. You fire Bill Brian, you get a victory. Now, I'm going to be honest, Jared, nothing really stood out here to this game. Uh, Deshaun Watson played well, even though he did have two turnovers, two interceptions to be precise. But he did throw for over 350 yards, and he threw for three touchdown passes. So cheers to him. And, you know, that Jaguars 1-15 prediction looking mighty tasty right now. <laughs> that it is. I almost predicted this one right on the money. I had Texans winning 31-17. to Final score is 30-14, to I believe. Yep. Um, so, yeah, not much to say. Watson balled out. Um, good for him. I think they're all happy in that camp to have, is it Romeo Cornell? That's the interim head coach, right? Yep. Who, who, uh, had, we had that same situation in Kansas city at once upon a time. He'll get you through it. So let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, this is probably going to be even shorter. Your Cardinals bounce back. If, if there's a team in the NFL that you want to play and get a guaranteed victory, it's the New York goddamn Jets. And not only do you get the play, not only did your Cardinals get to play the Jets, Jared, they got the plan with Joe freaking Flacco. <laughs> what, uh, what were your thoughts on this game outside of uh, happy to see your boys back above 500? I am very happy for the Cardinals. Um, they needed a game like this to get the offense going. Now, I predicted the Cardinals to win but I did not have them covering the seven points and they covered by 20. So it's, I'm not mad about it. I'm happy that, uh, you know, Kyler Murray and that offense um, looked pretty good against one of the worst defenses in the league. So I guess it's not that impressive, but they can use this momentum going into next week and uh, hopefully get a win. Um, I believe they're playing in Dallas. So, you know, get, continue that momentum week after week and uh, get them to those pl the playoffs like I predicted. So we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Completely agreed. I'm not going to touch it anymore. Let's move on to the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams. They beat the Washington football team. No surprise there. Uh, real quick, we'll do some analysis and then talk about the real story of this game. Uh, so the Rams dominated, won 30 to 10. They 
also, uh, like we talked about above with Joe, or Joe Burrow getting sacked seven times, the Washington football team gave up eight sacks between Kyle Allen and Alex Smith, who finally got to see the field. The Rams also had over 129 rushing yards. They held Washington only to 38, and Washington was two for 13 on, on a third down. You're not going to win football games when that happens to you. You're just not. Uh, and, and Rams were a better team anyway, so cheers to them. Every time I switched the channel this game, Alex Smith was on his, you know, on his back. <laughs> oh, my. Getting, dude, it was rough. I was like, so I was, worried. Did he uh, – they were so close to getting a safety. I remember, uh, like, Smith had it on, like, the two-yard line. He kept going down, and then they had to, like, punt out of the end zone where it's like, you know, they can't even get the full 15 yards they need to punt. So, man, I felt bad for him. Like, that's not – a situation you want to bring Alex back into after what he had to go through um, with that broken leg a few years back. Um, so, but man, he did it like a champ. He looked good doing it. Um, so I, I was rooting yeah. for him, but man, if you, you beef up that offensive line, please. <laughs> honestly, I just feel so bad. And if you haven't seen the video, it's all over YouTube, Twitter, every social media, um, right when Alex Smith goes into the game. Um, you see like his wife crying, his kids cheering. It's, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's, yeah, it's, emotional. It's, it's one of those feel good videos that uh, you'll either cry or cry of, of happiness or, you know, be cheering and, and happy for the guys. So it was good. It was good to see him back in. Um, he obviously survived all the sex, which was a good sign. Um, so hopefully, yeah, need to do a little better with the pass protection, so that way he can continue to be a quarterback for the Washington football team. Now, last game here, I, I think this one shocked me the most, Jared. Even more it did. than the Bears barely beating the Bucs. Um, the Dolphins shocked the world and won 43-17 to 17 over the San Francisco 49ers. Jared, what did you think about this game? It was wild. Well... The, you know, we, we talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick always coming out with like one game being Fitzmagic, right? And more than one game, you know, you usually see it like one every three or four games. And this was one of those games. He threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns, um, no interceptions. And the Dolphins just had a heyday with that 49ers D, which is not the same defense from the Super Bowl last year. I know a lot of the offensive key players have come back at this point. Kittle's looking healthy again. Uh, Raheem Mostert was back this week. Um, so they're, they're getting their key components back on offense, but just know that that 49ers defense is still injury ridden. And that's why I think the Dolphins were able to put up 43 points on the board. I did not, I think this was the shocker of the week. Um, out of all the games, I did not see this coming and, um, you know, good, good for the Miami dolphins. Yeah. No echo what you said about Fitzmagic. That's who we got. He had over 300 yards and three touchdown passes with no INTs. So that was a Fitzmagic performance. Um, 40 hours looked awful just overall, everything about their play and, it was clear watching this game that Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo rushed back. 
He did not look comfortable in the pocket. He did not. He was not moving laterally like he normally could pre the injury. And they shoved him in there. He looked awful. He threw two picks. And that was a that was also a part of the game. The Dolphins won the turnover battle plus three. So I I personally um I know Kyle Shanahan took him out, I think after the Dolphins were up like twenty thirty one. To which was smart. smart. Which was smart. Yeah, get him out of there. He's getting sacked. He's throwing bad passes. He's not healthy. Obviously, you should have started him from the get go, but that's a whole nother conversation. So that that's going to be a key thing to look out for. I would not bet until we get confirmation who's starting uh, for the 49ers game next week. Uh, you're going to want to see and, and completely understand uh, if Jimmy G is healthy before you take the 49ers. Cause right now I would personally not take them unless they're playing like the giants or something. So yeah, choose the dolphins. They're two and three. Uh, San Francisco is two and three as well. I foresee the dolphins, you know, this just means Tua's not going to be coming anytime soon. Um, and I know they got the Jaguars, I think, next week, if, if my memory serves. So that should be another victory. Uh, Jerry, that, that wraps us up regarding the our analysis. I think some fantasy players, we talked about one of them, Chase, Chase Claypool. If you don't have him, look to pick him up. He had – so here's the thing. You know, it's hard to tell right now. Obviously, he had a great game, but – his other three games, he had a 15-point game, so he had like 70 yards and a touchdown one game. And then his other two games, he had like four points and three points. So not exactly very right. consistent. And this is what happens. People pick him up, and then he get, he's going to lay a goose egg next week or maybe get a couple points, and then everyone's going to drop him. So you can't play fantasy football like that because if you do, you you'll just end up chasing after these players a week behind of their performance. Yep. And, you know, that's why all the Smith Schuster owners out there, the James Conner owners out there, hold on to those guys, start them still. All right. Yep. Don't, don't try to start Claypool over Smith Schuster. Cause what's yeah. going to happen is Smith Schuster's, you know, defenses are going to say, Oh, we might need to double cover Claypool next week. And Smith Schuster is going to go off or maybe, Smith Schuster just has a great game anyways, and he's under double coverage. I, you know, you see it from week to week. So do not overreact. Tip of the week. Yep. No, and, and, and my advice around this stuff is just like, what you're doing here is acquiring assets, right? By acquiring Claypool, that means someone else who might need him cannot play him. And, if, you know, and then if he does well and adds to your bench, that's still a win for you, even if you didn't start him. Um, one person I think is here to stay, Jared, is the Eagles wide receiver, Tra uh, Travis Flagham. He had 13 targets this week. Last week, he had 10. Last week, he had 10 targets, seven catches for 70 yards. Um, didn't get a touchdown last week, but this week, 13 targets, 10 receptions, one touchdown, 150 yards. He is clearly becoming due to all the injuries over there, Alshon Jeffrey, so on and so forth for the Eagles. I think this is a guy you pick up and you start starting until all the Eagles wide receivers come back and no one knows that freaking answer. Not even the Eagles doctors know that answer. Um, so that's, I would definitely pick him up with the intention to start personally. And then the last guy 
this is going to be more of a week to two week pickup based upon early reports, but the backup running back Alexander Madison looked really good. Um, when Dalvin cook went out, he had 18 points right now. They're saying he's going to be out two weeks. So next week's game and then the week after, but you know, if, if there's been plenty of running back injuries this year, so if you're one of those people who's not very deep at running back, you should be looking to pick up this guy and at least starting him for the next two weeks. Anyone else, Jared, stand out from your, your mind? No, I, I think Chase Claypool was the uh, fantasy waiver wire of the week. Yep. All right, then. Let's, uh, let's review our bets and uh, let's uh, show people the money. Let's see how we did, Jared. I know we both did pretty well. I believe if my memory serves me correct. Let's start with Survivor League. You need, you know, you talked about it earlier, Jared. You you led led this group of people, this peanut gallery, to another victory. It was close. I called it being close. I said you guys are gonna have to stick with me through the grit and grit, you know, th- through how close this game's gonna be. The Cowboys might be down. They're going to make you think that this was a terrible pick, but they're going to come out ahead at the end of the game, and that's exactly what happened. We scraped by with week five, and this is the tough one. So it's behind us now. The There is a nice, easy road ahead, um, at least for the time being. So I, I'm pretty confident in who we're going to take in week six, and I'm pretty confident in week seven. So – Let's let's take this one week at a time. Hang in there, um, and I'd like to, you know, think that a lot of people are going to stick with me through this. We can win some money. This is very true. This is very true. Um, I picked the Rams, who obviously won. That was a cakewalk. Um, and to me, yeah, if you're not listening to Jared, you should be looking at the teams that are playing the Jaguars, the Washington football team, and both New York teams. That was, those, those, are the, those are the games you should be looking out 100%. for and slamming against. <laughs> so Now, uh, Jared, you mentioned it earlier, unfortunately. You, don't worry, though. You've hopped off the bandwagon. You, you have a nice Tesla. You're going 150 miles. You're driving the other direction away from the Falcons. You will never be betting them again. Correct. And I am, I am in the back seat of your Tesla, enjoying the view, just windows down, you know, playing some electronic music, having a good time. We are headed for California. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's, I'm getting the heck out of Georgia. So um, going the opposite side of the states on that one but yeah uh, my lock of the week was falcons minus one i'm all teared up about it um i'm ready to go on to the teasers <laughs> <laughs> yeah real quick yep so my lock of the week i had the browns plus one and a hot one and a half that was the snoozer you're welcome world yours truly Great Great is now i am four and one with my locks of the week four and one read them and weep I think I'm one and four, maybe two and three. I have to go back and look. I don't quote me on that. Um, Yeah, I don't quote me on that. I have to go back and look, but it's not been not been pretty. Well, let's talk about where we did well, because both our teasers set. I do believe. Now, my teaser, if you followed, uh, had the Rams plus four cake. 
had the Browns plus 15 and a half. My goodness. Holy, you're welcome. Now, I had Dallas plus three and a half. That was worrisome. I'm not going to lie. My heart was pumping, and I was a little scared for a little bit of time there. Two weeks in a row would have been um, Oh, I would have. I'd never again. I like just like we did a sweeping declaration that we're never betting the Falcons ever again. I would have never trusted the Cowboys ever again, especially losing to the New York Giants. I mean, that team's just trash. Uh, then I had the Buccaneers plus seven, was pretty much always always endowed. Ravens money line essentially, that was easy. And then the Vikings plus twenty, which you're welcome. Now that one bet a solid, you know, one fifty. Which, uh, you know, if you did that, you won one eighty. Now, Jared, what was your win? Because I know you won. Yeah, I had the. It's pretty similar, actually. Uh, Falcons minus, or sorry, Falcons plus twelve after the sweetheart tease. So I had four picks in the sweetheart teaser with a thirteen point swing. That's how you get the plus twelve on the Falcons. The Cleveland Browns were plus fourteen and a half. The Dallas Cowboys are plus three, and the Ravens were a money line. So um, pretty much similar as yours. I think you had one more game, which was the Bucks, which would have paid out a little bit better than mine. Um, but a win's a win. We'll take it. That's and right. Next week, I might be back with a little bit more of a riskier play. Ooh. I like we'll riskier see. plays. That, dude, I'm, I got to say, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid that Brian – Brian served up for us when he came on the show. These sweetheart teasers. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I it's, think the, the the sweethearts are good. I just don't want to do it every week after week. So I I've done the last two weeks with sweetheart teasers, um, and now I think I'm going to go back to doing a parlay next week just to get a little more juice going. There you go. I think I might sprinkle in some uh, some touchdowns, some like anytime touchdowns. Oh, in a parlay? Well, I think you can add that. You like can. before, I I th- I think instead of like constantly picking twelve teams, which obviously didn't hit because the Buccaneers were like, we don't feel like winning, Dan. That's a silly idea. Like one of um, our friends had uh, Patrick Mahomes' first touchdown for Kansas City being a rushing touchdown, um, and it would be a rushing touchdown by Pat Mahomes. It was a plus one thousand that hit. Um, so Thomas Reddick, uh, congratulations. Welcome to the world of uh, sports betting and good luck to your future bets, sir. All right. Well, with the betting concluded there, that's going to wrap us up here for uh, episode 17. We will see you all Thursday morning. And thanks for stopping by. Thanks.